In Revelation 15, I'm going to open us in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, this morning uh, for the peace that we can know in our hearts. Lord, despite uh, trials, despite tribulations, despite the uh, lack of uh, peace uh, between nations and peoples throughout the world this morning, Lord, we do pray for peace in Jerusalem as you've commanded us to. Pray that you have your hand upon each and every one involved in that conflict. Father, we pray this morning for veterans, certainly including Brother Garcia. Thank you, Lord, for his faithful service to you and to his country. And thank you for uh, Veterans Day yesterday, a day set aside to remember uh, and to honor and to thank. Lord, we thank him this morning. Father, I pray this morning that you... Um, Help us now as we continue our study in Revelation 15. Lord, we thank you again today uh, for your words, for all of them. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be able to uh, see the history of your people in the past uh, and to see things that are still present. I pray, Lord, that uh, you help us uh, as we look into this chapter now. Lord, I pray that we be encouraged this morning. Father, help us now. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so uh, Revelation 15 this morning uh, is, um, Mike, it's a chapter where you, you might say, I'm not sure uh, how encouraged to be. This is the chapter. So between chapters 15 and 16, we see the, uh, the so-called vile judgments, V-I-A-L, the, the vials filled with judgment. Uh, being poured out. So remember, we have a, a variety of different types or names of, of series of, of judgments. Do you remember some of the other types of judgments? Bowl judgments, vile judgments, um, different types of judgments, uh, different labels uh, given to these judgments. So uh, here we see the, the beginning uh, of the pouring out of this series of judgments uh, here in Revelation 15, uh, more so in, in chapter 16. Brother Ray, there, there is encouragement to be found here because uh, John writes great truths regarding the Lord in this chapter, uh, which are encouraging. You may look ahead and say, oh, all this judgment, I don't know how encouraged I could be by that. Well, be encouraged that uh, this is intended to encourage people to be saved uh, and to live righteously. But there's, there's great uh, truths regarding the Lord, which are indeed encouraging uh, here this morning. If you want to take some notes, uh, let's, let's begin here. Uh, God's works are great and marvelous, uh, we see. His works uh, are great and marvelous. Verse 1, uh, John says, I saw another sign uh, in heaven. Uh, Brother Ray, I sound loud. I don't know, but it sounds loud to me. Uh, I saw another sign in heaven, great uh, and marvelous, uh, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven uh, last plagues, the seven last plagues. Um, uh, verse 7 uh, uh, describes these as the seven golden vials uh, full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. Not the judgments, but the God uh, of the wrath uh, and of the seven golden vials. He liveth forever and ever. Uh, I saw a sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Well, the sign is described as great and marvelous, Brother Ray, but that's because the, the God of that sign 
uh, is great and marvelous. Do you have a God this morning who is both great and marvelous? Yes, we do. Lord, Lord, thank you. You're a God who is great uh, and marvelous. Uh, seven angels having the seven last plagues, the vile judgments, uh, verse 7, for in them uh, is filled up. The uh, underlying word has the idea of completely filled uh, with uh, the wrath, uh, the wrath of God. And so um, we see seven angels uh, who evidently uh, seem to be kind of uh, ready. They're, they're on the ready to pour out these uh, seven final judgments of God uh, moving toward the end now of the tribulation period, um, the wrath of God. Uh, we see, uh, again, wonderful truths here. God is uh, marvelous. Give you a couple of cross-references that are encouraging. Uh, uh, Psalm 9, verse 1, David writes, I will praise thee, O God, with my whole heart. Uh, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Right? That was David's heart, uh, gratitude, filled with gratitude for the Lord. He said, uh, Lord, I, I want to just praise you. Uh, and in my praise, uh, I want others to hear about your marvelous works. What a great heart. Uh, in Psalm 31 and verse 21, the psalmist said, Blessed be the Lord, uh, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness. Has the Lord showed a marvelous kindness to us? Most certainly uh, he has. Psalm 98 and verse 1, the psalmist uh, says, Oh, sing unto the Lord uh, a new song, not the song of lost people, but a song of saved people. Uh, why? For he hath done marvelous things. Amen. Uh, his right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him uh, the victory. Yeah, he's a strong God. He's, uh, he, he's a God of, of victory, certainly victory over sin, uh, over Satan, uh, over the grave. Uh, uh, wonderful uh, works uh, of a wonderful God. Uh, we see here again these vials uh, are filled completely with the wrath of God. Zach, does, does God have a wrath at sin, right? Uh, a wrath at sin. Of course, we've seen that. We've seen, uh, we've, we've seen that in uh, the, the prophetic uh, passages that we've been looking at, uh, especially on Wednesday nights. Uh, a prophecy of God uh, acting uh, upon his wrath at sin. Uh, his, his wrath at sin. Uh, we see the Lord's wrath at sin recorded uh, all throughout Scripture. Um, Brother Ray, that's why we need a Savior. Brother Ray, that's why we need a Savior. We praise God for uh, a Savior. Of course, we understand that Christ uh, is that Savior. He is the answer uh, to the wrath of God. We, we praise him for it. Uh, see verse 2, uh, the Lord's love and grace uh, now seen in the victory of the tribulation saints. Um, uh, who have overcome uh, the Antichrist in Christ. He says in verse 2, And I saw, as it were, here's language that we've seen before, uh, a sea of glass mingled with fire, uh, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast. So there's two described as beasts, uh, you re recall, uh, including the Antichrist. And over his image uh, and over his mark, we've seen the mark in the last chapter, uh, and over the number of his name, we saw that in the last chapter as well, uh, stand on the sea of glass having the harps uh, of God. And so there's uh, music uh, and harps again. We know there's uh, singing, and uh, in the next verse we're going to see that they are singing, but there's evidently music. Rich harps are used to play music, right? 
Uh, there's music uh, pictured here in heaven. Uh, in a moment, uh, we'll see singing and in wonderful lyrics of the song they sing. Uh, but back in verse 2, just, just for a moment, we have two references here to this sea of glass uh, mingled with fire. And then uh, these, uh, evidently tribulation saints, standing uh, on the sea of glass. So uh, we've seen this reference before, and Brother Ray, as we understand it, this would be uh, the crystal sea, the sea of glass, seems to be at the very boundary uh, of the creation. Uh, I understand creation to be finite, doesn't go on forever and ever. People ask, what's beyond it? Well, nothing, perhaps. The Lord has not seen fit to reveal that. Uh, uh, perhaps nothing, but it would seem to be the case that his creation is, is finite. It has a, it has a boundary. Uh, I understand the sea of glass here to be at the boundary. Uh, back in chapter 4 and verse 6, Bible says, Before the throne was a sea of glass like unto crystal. Uh, we saw that. I think back when we were in that chapter, we also uh, looked at Ezekiel. You don't have to turn there, uh, but we've seen this recently as well. Ezekiel 1.22, And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched uh, forth over uh, their heads above. And so Ezekiel, of course, was privileged, as was John, uh, rich to have this vision of heaven. And we've looked at some of the similarities, right? We certainly understand that if both men are seeing the same thing, uh, and they're both inspired, uh, led of the Spirit in what they see and, and what they write, there ought to be a lot of similarity, a lot, a lot of commonality, Brother Ray, in, in, in their descriptions. And of course, there is uh, in, in terms of what they describe and how they describe it. They're uh, evidently seeing uh, the same thing and being led of the same one, uh, the Spirit of God who superintends the in inspiration process. And so, uh, yeah, this is this wonderful sea of glass, crystal sea, uh, which would seem to be the boundary of, of the Lord's uh, creation, the tribulation saints seen uh, at this place uh, in heaven. Mike, I rather suspect that we will see this place too, and uh, we will marvel uh, at its beauty. Uh, I, I rather suspect that um, once we... Uh, arrive in heaven, not, not only will be perfected in, in every way, certainly at the rapture. Uh, I was speaking with someone up at the conference on, uh, with Dr. Strauss on uh, Friday. Was it Friday, Brother Ray? <laughs> it seems like a month ago already, right? Um, we're talking about the rapture, and of course, we had been talking about health problems this person had, and I said, boy, aren't, aren't you looking forward to the, to the rapture and the perfect resurrection body, incorruptible? He said, you know, brother, I am looking forward to that, but you know what? Even more than that, I'm looking forward to being perfected spiritually. Uh, no more sin struggles, uh, no more falling to temptation. Uh, he said a resurrection body will be great. Certainly I'll appreciate that, but I'm looking forward to uh, being perfected spiritually. I said, praise God, <laughs> praise God. Brother Ray, that's, that's the right heart, isn't it? That'll, that'll be good for us, but uh, that'll be good for the Lord, too. Um, his people no longer giving themselves over to sin, uh, which, of course, displeases and offends him. Be good for us, but uh, even better, certainly, uh, for the Lord. So, yeah, we have much to look forward to, and I think seeing this 
uh, crystal sea at the boundary of the Lord's creation will be a wonderful thing. So there's music there in John's vision, the harps of God. Uh, Miss Samantha is, is, is our local appreci uh, appreciator of music. I don't think that's a word, but uh, she has a great appreciation for music, and uh, we appreciate her playing when she's able to. Maybe we'll be able to play those harps in heaven. Um, I, wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, maybe. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I just hope that my ability to play will be perfected also. Uh, I, think, I think that will be the case. Here's their song, verse 3. They sing the song of Moses, uh, the servant of God. So you remember back in um, Exodus when the Lord brought the people out of Egypt into the wilderness uh, there's the song of Moses and the children of Israel. They sang this wonderful thong, song, song of thanksgiving. Let's turn there and, and see that because the Lord does seem to be referencing it here. So let's go back and see that in Exodus 15. Uh, one man said, uh, evidently they're singing that same song of gratitude, uh, but it's as if the Lord adds a stanza to it here. Uh, and so here's uh, heavenly music accompanied by uh, a heavenly song, and, and the Lord does seem to add some, uh, some words to it. So Exodus 15, uh, beginning in verse 1, uh, let's, let's read this. Uh, the Bible says, Then sang Moses uh, and the children of Israel this song. Who'd they sing it to? The Lord. Yeah, they sang it unto the Lord and, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord that. So that they, they determined in their hearts not just to sing, but sing uh, to sing to the Lord. I would encourage this morning that we make the same determination in our hearts. You're going to sing more this morning and a little bit more this afternoon. Let's determine to sing to the Lord uh, as, as Moses and the people did. Spake, I will sing unto the Lord. Uh, why? For he hath triumphed gloriously. Uh, yeah, he, he, he uh, gained a great victory for them. Horse and his rider. Uh, hath he thrown into uh, the sea? Sure, the army of Pharaoh. Uh, the Lord is my strength and song. This is their song. Uh, they're, they're celebrating the Lord, worshiping him and celebrating him uh, and singing to him. Uh, and he has become my salvation. Uh, he is my God and I will prepare him in habitation. Uh, probably, uh, no, or no doubt, a reference to the tabernacle at that time. Uh, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. Sure, he's just won a victory for them. The Lord, underlying word being Jehovah, is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast into the sea. Uh, his chosen captains also uh, are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank uh, into the bottom uh, as one. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces uh, the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them uh, as stubble. Now we could go on here, and it's, it's good, and maybe we should, but I, I want to stop and just add a thought here. This is a song that Moses and the people sang when the Lord had given his people a great military victory, brought them out of, of the world and uh, all that was Egypt, gave them a great military victory. Uh, is there any reason in particular uh, that tribulation saints might sing this same song in heaven, Zach? 
Uh, is, is there going to be, is the Lord going to give a great military victory at the end of the tribulation? Uh, yeah, he, he will. And, and you know, maybe there's a recognition that, hey, this song that Moses sang, most of the people sang coming out of Egypt, that would be a great song to, uh, to celebrate uh, the, um, the great victory uh, of the Lord at Armageddon. Um, I, you, you wonder a little bit, is this being sung in anticipation of the Lord's victory at Armageddon or as a celebration of something that's already been accomplished? This chapter does seem to be a little bit more uh, firmly fixed upon the, the chronological timeline uh, of, of the book of Revelation uh, as opposed to something that's more parenthetical. And so... Uh, it's, it's either being sung uh, in heaven in anticipation of the Lord's victory uh, or as a celebration of it having been completed. Zach, maybe, maybe they're singing it in anticipation uh, as if it's already been completed because they know it will be completed, uh, that great victory. So uh, you can go f and read, uh, I encourage you uh, this week, uh, read this chapter uh, here in Exodus down through verse 19. Uh, song of Moses. Uh, now come back to our, our passage this morning, Revelation 15, verse 3. Uh, they sing the song of Moses, um, and um, then they sing what they, what's called the song uh, of the Lamb. Rich, who's the Lamb? Who's the Lamb? That's Lord Jesus, of course, got capital L in my Bible. Uh, saying, and here's Song of the Lamb, great and marvelous are thy works, uh, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, uh, thou King of saints. A couple of times in Revelation chapter 5, chapter 14, you have uh, 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 allusions to a new song, and uh, if this, this could literally be that, Brother Ray, we've kind of taken it to be more general, kind of like the song of the saved, versus the song of the unsaved, but uh, it's kind of a neat possibility that this is the, the new stanza uh, possibly be, being added to the old song of, of Moses. That's a possibility. We'll know for sure we get there. Uh, but let's take a look here, um, just see some of the truths. Um, so uh, again, this, the stage is set here for the seven angels to pour out the seven uh, vile judgments, the wrath of God, but uh, here prior to that, we have this wonderful celebration uh, in, in heaven and, um, and great truths uh, regarding, regarding the Lord um, here. Great and marvelous uh, are thy works. Uh, we looked at that idea already. Uh, and then they sing, Lord God Almighty. Uh, is your God the Lord? Yes, he is. Is he almighty? Yes, he is. Uh, certainly he is. Uh, that that's, uh, Hebrew word shows up uh, uh, many times uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, it's El what? Uh, the Lord God Almighty. El, El Shaddai, right? El Shaddai. Um, wonderful, wonderful name, title of the Lord. He's, he is uh, almighty. Job said, Job 42 too, I know, talking to the Lord, thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden. Uh, from the psalmist says in, in Psalm 62 and verse 11, God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto uh, God. And, and of course, in, in Mark 14, we'll get there in our study, uh, 11 o'clock study, uh, Jesus says, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto 
thee. And then, of course, he goes on to take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. So there's wonderful, uh, humble submission of Christ to the plan of the Father, uh, acknowledging that uh, he is almighty. All, all things are possible uh, in and through him. Uh, so this new song is, Lord God Almighty, just and true, first, verse 3, are thy ways. Of course, the Lord is just and he is true. Uh, in Psalm 103 and verse 6, the psalmist uh, proclaims, the Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Uh, the Lord is the one to whom the oppressed are called uh, to look to. On the New Testament, Romans 2, 2, Paul writes, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Well, praise God, his judgment is according to uh, truth. Of course, Lord Jesus is truthful. He's called the truth. Where is he called the truth? Where's that? John 14, 6, that verse we look at so often, right? Jesus said unto him, I am the, the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh uh, unto the Father, but by me. There is truth, uh, objective truth, and it's found in and through the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, this new song seems to continue in verse 4. Uh, so, well, go back end of verse 3. Just and true are thy ways, um, thou king of saints. Uh, wonderful title for the Lord, uh, king of saints. Uh, who are saints? Yeah, uh, save, save people, uh, save people. That's how the Bible uses that word. Uh, it means literally holy ones, something like that. But save people are, Brother Ray, made holy in God's eyes by the, the blood of Christ. Uh, he is our king. <laughs> he is the king uh, of saints. So his, certainly his authority is pictured there together uh, with his holiness uh, and then his holiness emphasized in verse 4, who shall not fear thee, uh, O Lord, and glorify thy name. Lord, give us hearts to glorify uh, your name. For thou art, let me, sorry, let me try again. For thou only art holy. For thou only art holy. Uh, he is the only one who is perfectly holy, right? Uh, Lord Jesus, of course, is, is the lamb without blemish, without spot, uh, the sinless sacrifice that makes our salvation uh, possible. Of course, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Mike, they're perfectly holy, perfectly sinless. We, we can't even imagine that, uh, but our God is that, uh, absolutely separate from sin, uh, completely and totally apart from sin, not guilty. Uh, of any sin. It goes on in verse 4, for all nations shall come and worship uh, before thee, and, and certainly um, in the millennium, all nations, all peoples uh, will come and worship before uh, him. Uh, Gary, I look forward to that day. I mean, that's going to be, uh, here's, here's not an abusive use of the word, awesome. That's, that's going to be awesome. Uh, all peoples, all nations will come and worship before uh, Mike, the, the resurrected, glorified Lord Jesus Christ, physically present, uh, all nations, all peoples, including us, uh, shall come and worship before him. Um, John writes, for thy judgments are made uh, manifest. Yeah, we'll have a lot of reasons to worship him. 
but certainly um, all of the judgment of the tribulation period that was prophesied uh, will have been carried out uh, already uh, at that point um, for his good uh, and just reasons um, and and we'll, we'll, we'll just worship him for that lord you uh, you carried out, sure enough, you carried out your program of, of the tribulation period. Uh, sure enough, 144,000 were saved initially and went out evangelizing the world, and so many more uh, were saved. Uh, think about this, Zach. Well, we'll, no doubt we'll have the opportunity to meet and speak with some of those 144,000 and you know, ask them, boy, man, what was that like? <laughs> what was it like to be uh, saved during the tribulation and to go out around the world uh, when, when things were, were so very challenging and, and, and difficult. And no doubt we'll, we'll have the privilege to hear them speak of that and, uh, and to meet people who were saved as a result of their uh, faithfulness. Uh, Zach, they might ask us, what was it like for you? <laughs> it wasn't a lot easier for you, was it, uh, to go and uh, give forth the word of God? And well, I think my answer will be, yeah, I think it was a little easier for me, but uh, thank you for that. Um, Leviticus 11 and verse 44, the Lord says, For I am the Lord your God, uh, ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Brother Ray, the Lord has called us to a practical holiness, to be obedient, to be apart from sin, to lead a life that's practically holy. Gary, we understand it's really not possible without the Lord. It's really not possible without a yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. Uh, who is the one who is sanctifying us, uh, uh, liter literally bringing us apart from sin, uh, quite literally um, growing a practical holiness in our lives. Of course, it has to be our determination to, uh, to uh, uh, put off sin and, and to put on uh, obedience in its place, uh, but also has to be our determination to understand that that's possible only through supernatural uh, power and effect of the Spirit of God that we find as we yield ourselves to him, uh, we find real supernatural sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit to live uh, more practically righteously. Praise God for that. That's good for us, but that's good for the Lord too. Uh, let's go on here. John observes the opening of the doors uh, of the tabernacle um, in heaven. So you have the word uh, temp tabernacle in verse 5, temple in verse 6. Uh, the book of Hebrews uh, teaches us that the earthly tabernacle and temple are an image of the heavenly uh, temple or tabernacle, uh, that there, there's, there's a heavenly uh, temple or tabernacle. Uh, and so John uh, is privileged to see the heavenly uh, tabernacle slash temple. And doors are opened. Uh, he says, after that I looked and behold, verse 5, the temple of tabernacle of, of the testimony in heaven was opened uh, and the seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues, these seven vile judgments. Uh, they are clothed in pure and white linen uh, having their breasts girded uh, with golden uh, girdles, uh, prepared, dressed by the Lord, uh, uh, evidencing, uh, picturing his purity, uh, picturing the, 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 the attributes of the Lord, uh, commissioned by him to go forth and carry out these 
uh, just judgments, uh, judgments against sin, but let's never lose sight of the fact that these are intended also to cause people to uh, come to the Lord. Uh, one of the four beasts, verse 7, uh, gave up, gave unto the seven angels. So uh, these four beasts that we've seen before remain in view uh, in the throne room. Brother Ray, evidently they continue to be present there. We don't always see uh, references to them consistently wherever we see the throne room, but it uh, seems like they continue to be present there. Uh, they're angelic beings, uh, certainly, but different, of a different order, of a different kind, perhaps, of the seven angels who the Lord is sending forth to minister this judgment. One of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God uh, who liveth forever and ever. Does the Lord have some vials that are filled with something better or something different? Let's say it that way, different. Uh, he does, right? The prayers of his people uh, are also kept by him. Uh, we, we remember that. Um, here are the seven vials, golden vials, full of the wrath of God, uh, who liveth forever um, and ever. I have a note. Maybe that this isn't the place. Nope. Okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, who liveth forever and ever. And so, uh, it's interesting, the various attributes of the Lord are, are brought out, are kind of sprinkled through uh, this passage. He's, he's true, he's holy, uh, here he's eternal, uh, he's the eternal God. He's the one who liveth uh, forever and ever. Deuteronomy 33, 27, he's called uh, the eternal God who is our refuge, uh, our refuge. Um, spirit is called eternal. Hebrews 9, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit uh, offered himself without spot to God, the eternal spirit. God, brother, right? Uh, Christ was begotten. He came as a man uh, at his incarnation, but he's eternal, right? He's, uh, he's co-creator with the Father and the Spirit. Holy Spirit is eternal, uh, co-creator with the Father and the Son, not created by the Father. Father, of course, God the Father is eternal. Uh, the Father and the Son and, and the Holy Ghost uh, are co-eternal, uh, one God. Uh, how is that possible? How could they always be, Brother Ray? How, how could the Lord always be? How is it possible that he has no beginning, that no one created him? He's the He's the Lord. He's the He's the Lord. Yeah. He always was. Right. It's It's just um, you know it's it is that's a truth that is good to meditate on as you consider who God is and, and what He's like and you know how much higher as much as He's imminent and indwelling us how much higher above us uh, He is. He, Think back, as I've said before, a thousand years, he's there. A million years, he's there. A billion years, he's there. A trillion years, Mike, he's there. His creation wasn't there 20,000 years ago, but he was. Um, that's, it's just an extraordinary truth. We can't really, no, we can't comprehend it at all. It's one of those truths that um, points to um, who, who God is and what he's like. Similarly, we cannot comprehend the the Trinity, the triune Godhead. He's eternal. He liveth forever and ever. He always has been. He is. 
uh, and he always will be. Christ, of course, in Revelation 22, uh, 13, says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Zach, why does he use Alpha and Omega as an illustration of his eternality? Yeah, it's the, it's the first and, and final uh, vowels, right? Um, and so, yeah, that's a, this is a wonderful illustration. Uh, verse 8, temple was filled uh, with smoke uh, from the glory of God and from his power, uh, and no man was able to enter into uh, the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels uh, were uh, fulfilled. And that's a little bit mysterious, right? Uh, the smoke from the glory of God. Uh, we've seen clouds associated with his presence. Uh, here there is smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man is able to enter into the temple uh, till these plagues uh, are fulfilled. Uh, Dr. Sorensen says this, he says, various attempts have been made to describe the significance of the temple being filled with smoke, uh, the smoke of the glory of God. It may simply be a symbol of his wrath being vented, that's interesting, uh, as the final stage of the tribulation commences. In any event, his glory and power are thus related to this heavenly smoke, uh, and no man's able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. No one could enter the temple until after the tribulation uh, was complete, seems, seems to be the idea. And so uh, whatever, whatever the significance does seem to be associated with the, uh, the presence um, and the power of God uh, and the stage being set for these final judgments, uh, purposeful judgments of a loving God uh, to be carried out, and the chapter ends there. So, uh, Lord willing, next week we'll, we'll come and uh, continue in chapter 16, uh, see the, the, the seven angels pouring out the seven judgments uh, of these vile judgments uh, in those uh, next 21 verses. So, let's stop there. We'll pray and um, be dismissed. Father, thank you. Uh, Lord, for the uh, wonderful truths, the awesome truths that we see this morning in uh, this chapter. Lord, truths that uh, demand uh, our worship of you. And Lord, thank you this morning that uh, you've taught us various places throughout your word to uh, worship you for who you are and what you're like. And uh, certainly this morning we, we found uh, a number of attributes that, that render you so very worthy uh, of our worship. Lord, you are great and marvelous, uh, and your works are great and marvelous. Lord, you have a wrath uh, at sin, and, and certainly that's worthy uh, of recognition and, and worship. Uh, Lord, you, you love your people, and you're a wonderfully gracious God, but also uh, a just God. Uh, Lord, you are almighty, you are just, you are true, uh, you are king of saints, you are holy. Lord, we praise you this morning for each and every one of these attributes. Um, you are the Lord. We are your people. Lord, we thank you this morning for the great privilege uh, to have been adopted into your family uh, by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ.
Father, in all that um, he accomplished as he yielded to you and came according to your plan. Lord, thank you so very much for the privilege to be uh, in Christ, to be forgiven, uh, to be adopted into your family, to become joint heirs with Christ. Uh, an awesome privilege uh, for which we're certainly not worthy, uh, but we are grateful. Father, we thank you so very much. Lord, I pray now that you will work here in our 11 o'clock hour. Lord, I know that uh, many invitations to church have been offered this morning, and, and some have said, yeah, we, we will come, we will come. Uh, Lord, I, I know this morning that some who've said that they will come uh, pretty clearly do not know Christ. They plainly are not yet saved, but Lord, we know this morning that um, they can be if, if they'll come and uh, and hear the gospel and respond to uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit uh, and uh, come to Christ with the simple, humble, repentant faith. They could be saved this morning. And Lord, I, I pray this morning that uh, you would bring some and that you might uh, save some this morning. In any event, Lord, we pray that you'll work and accomplish each of your purposes in the next hour. We pray that you work in our fellowship time uh, this afternoon and uh, Lord, in the two o'clock service as well. Pray for Brother um, Art, who will speak then, and pray, Lord, that you just use him exactly as you desire. Lord, we love you. Father, we thank you and pray all of this in thy son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. See you back shortly.